Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I am your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And today I have with me someone who has been the founder and president of his company for 15 years. He serves big companies, healthcare systems. Um, he helps them with marketing, creativity, digital, and digital transformation, and, and all of those kinds of fabulous things. But we're not going to focus on Tom's company today. What we're going to do is focus on Tom and understand kind of how did he get to where he is? What are the things that he's experienced in life that have caused him to be the person that he is? And, and, and we're gonna dig into that. So Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, very kind uh, introduction, Chad, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to have you. And which, uh, which part of the country are you located in right now? I'm located in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, there, there for the Cleveland Clinic. I think my aunt visited that hospital once and had a very, a very good experience there. So that's great to hear. And I think they're a customer of yours, you said. So it's awesome. Um, rewind the tape a bit for my audience. We like to kind of get to know Tom before he became the Tom of today. And so that starts at age five, six, some of your first memories in life. I like to kind of ask, what do you love? What were you passionate about? Where you just knew like, I need to do that every day. And that's what gives me a smile on my face. What was that? Great question. Now, when I was young and actually all the way through my college, um, I was science and nature. Uh, those were my passions. So I, when I was five and six years old, I thought I wanted to grow up and be a scientist. Uh, a lot of people wanted to be different things, teachers and, and doctors, not me. I wanted to, I want I view the world from the lens of science and, and always have, even though I'm in the world of marketing now. And so how does that, I like to call it the secret thread, right? You've got the secret blue thread through your entire life that says, okay, that's what I knew I meant to be someday or meant to focus on. And now you're a marketer. Where do you think that overlaps between the science of what you loved and were passionate about to what you're doing now? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I mean, I've looked back at the arc of my career from science into technology into marketing and Really, it's always been about problem solving. I think that's what the fundamental core of science is, right? A hypothesis, you test something, you observe it, you see what the outcome is. This is obviously very apropos in marketing as well. So throughout my life and career, I've always looked at the world through the lens of how a scientist does in terms of data, in terms of how things interact, uh, forces that are at play. And I think that really works well in the world, in the world of business in terms of just that highly um, analytic, critical thinking part of what being a scientist is what I brought to being 
in the world of technology and software development, and then into the world of digital marketing uh, and specifically marketing and healthcare. I'm very much the science of marketing. Uh, it's kind of where I play. So were you the kid in high school and college when you did your labs and you were like, this is awesome. I get to mix a little bit of this in and see what happens. You enjoyed those. A little bit. I mean, so scientists are two typically two types. There's theoretical and then there's uh, the Einsteins of the world, right? And then there's the experimentalists uh, who do the more of the laboratory work. So uh, I always enjoy the laboratory work. Uh, it's more of my, more where I love being hands-on. I grew up uh, work in a rural area and working on a farm. And so uh, the hands-on aspects of science, almost some of the engineering aspects of it always appealed to me. Got it. That's awesome uh, to think about it in that term, because yeah, I think of the chemical piece and I was always like, how does this little fluid mixed with that one create a gas? And it was always way over my head. Um, so that, that's, I, I like the, the variation, right? My son's at School of Mines right now and he'll be a computer, he's between computer science and electrical engineering. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he, he very much thinks in terms of uh, in a very different way than I do. <laughs> yeah, very, very binary world, I'm sure, is the one he lives in. So, That's so. right. Well, we've all gone through good times and tough times. If you think about, you know, you don't need to expose everything. So uh, keep this as, you know, at whatever level you wish. But what, what's something that was like, man, that was such a hard thing. But then looking ahead and now looking back on that thing where you say, you know what, as painful as it was, I'm the person, I'm the Tom that I am now because of that. Do you have one of those instances? I do, kind of a couple that kind of tie together, I think, um, Chad. Uh, I think when I look back, uh, I grew up in a very large family. So I have, um, my mom had eight brothers and sisters. My dad had five brothers and sisters. So I have um, over 70 cousins. Uh, so we grew up in these large families. And um, so family is very important to us, specifically multi-generation and my grandparents, my grandmother specifically, because I spent a lot of time with them when I was growing up. Unfortunately, both of them died from colon cancer. Um, and so that death when I was younger um, really impacted me in a couple of ways. One, it was, I think it drove me just to um, be such an advocate around cancer, cancer research, where I actually today um, a sponsor, help coach help sponsor a, a cancer bike ride and for the Cleveland Clinic called Velisano. So I've been doing that, working with that organization for the last eight years. So that service has been near and dear, but my grandparents were, my grandmothers were both two of the hardest working women I've ever met in my life. One worked, lived on a farm and spent her entire life working from 4.30 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. forever. And she never even took a, she never even took a honeymoon until she was married 10 years because it was on a dairy farm and they couldn't leave the farm. Um, my other grandmother will live through World War II and would tell me stories of how she recycled cans uh, for the war efforts. And we owned a gas station and they recycled tires for rubber uh, to be used uh, in the military operations. So I think losing them young was a pain point, but it also, um, I've never met two harder working and, and genuine people than, than those two. And I'm fortunate to have them in my life where I could. So your grandparents ended up becoming uh, almost your parents, right? I mean, you, you, you look to them as your guide in, in life. Well, a lot. I mean, my, my parents are certainly, they're still alive and they were, they were around. And I worked in the summers though. A lot of times they, they uh, put me out on the farm from my, one of my grandmothers to kind of learn the value of work. And so my actually grandma taught me how to drive. Uh, so driving a tractor or driving a truck around in the field when I was 10 years old, picking up bales of hay. 
So I was, I mean, my parents have a great relationship with them, but in the summers, I got to spend a lot of time with both of my grandparents. Um, and they just made a really big, really big mark on me. It's, it's interesting. I went to the first inaugural Living a Better Story retreat with a group of 12 people we did about a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that one of the speakers said is it's our responsibility to make sure that, you know, values, financial, kind of, you know, all of the important things in life get passed down, not just to our kids, but to our kids' kids. So when you're articulating your grandparents as an important role model in your life, you know, I hadn't really thought through the responsibility that I have now that I have an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old. Once they have kids, it'll be my responsibility to make sure that I am the grandparent that that those kids' kids can look up to and, and learn lessons in life from. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of perspective there, right? So yeah. the, the different generations. Yeah, that's right. Um, what spark gives you a spark and then what you know drains drains you in, in your business or your life or wherever oh i love so in in business and in life uh, i love tough problems so i love to solve the thorniest the hardest things or and when i say i should say my a team working together so i think what what really um juices me is working with a smart group of talented folks who are passionate about what we're doing and solving hard problems, right? I think that, um, and it's the basis of what I think maybe part of the scientist that I am. I love solving those things um, and just figuring it out as we go through it. Uh, what drains me is kind of the the counterpoint to that, which is really when you're looking at um, things that are minutia or things that aren't important. So I'm a Stephen Covey fan. When you're focusing on things that are urgent but not important, uh, those kinds of things uh, really drain me and annoy me, uh, to be candid. Mm, yeah. So you probably put times on your calendar for the important things, the the big rocks conversation that I remember that black and white movie, or maybe it was still color, but barely. <laughs> yeah. So focus time, I call that. So yeah, we, as yeah. a company, we try to block times in everyone's schedule where they can focus, right? And try to try to take the world uh, away and focus on the work that you're doing. That it's a very difficult proposition in the world of coronavirus, right? When the world is kind of much different than we're all used to. Uh, but yeah, certainly I, I agree in time blocks is a, is a big part of why you try to use for productivity. If you're ever solving a problem that requires a brand expert, and when I say expert, I mean, this person has worked with Tiger Woods and recently Tiger gave a quote and said, when I'm crouching and I'm reading the putt, that's what this individual is actually like for the business world. He's that big of a personality. He was with, he helped Panera Bread, CVS Pharmacy. Papa John's Pizza, major, major companies who needed to solidify their brand. And so if you ever run into a challenge where you just can't quite put the finger on the entire corporate brand, uh, let me know and I'll introduce you to this individual because man- I appreciate that. Sounds, sounds like an absolute fabulous individual. He's just a fabulous individual. All right, let's think about if you could wave a magic wand and change one thing that would just change everything for you, what would that be? Oh, uh, what would that be? That's a great question. I, I think um, for me, uh, time in time and space to think is kind of the ultimate. When I, when I have those, um, I'm just way more perfect, pr productive. I'm way more happy, uh, fulfilled. Uh, when world is, seems like it's uh, 
wall-to-wall meetings and videos we as you and i talked about um where you can kind of where you kind of don't have that time and space to think so if there was some invention that could help me create the time and space i needed uh to uh and maybe that's on my own choosing too chad maybe i have to uh i have to create that myself is probably the right answer but really creating that time and space to think those are the those are the game changers when i change my schedule and allow my life allows me um to and I design it in such a way that I can get that time and space. I'm just I I feel it feels life life changing to me. Yeah, that's awesome. I think of the movie The Matrix when he's there and the bullets start coming after him, and he just says pause, and they stop. Right? You and I can't pause time to that effect. However, if you look at it, and it happened in Star Wars too, The Mandalorian. Um, she actually was able to. Or I think it was her or somebody in that movie caused something to stop, and I was like, wait a second, in our lifetime. You know, you can't make a half a second stop, but you can act if you stretched it out and said, okay, I've got a month. What am I going to put into that month? Yeah. You know, the bullet's coming and I pause the bullet and I focus on the things I want to focus on. It's, it's always amazing how you can kind of shape shift reality in those cases. Um, all right. So three years out, you know, you, you reach back out. You say, hi, it's been three years since I've talked on Chad's show. Um, you're looking back and you said, I just had the most amazing three years of my life. What happened over those three years? That's a, that's a great, great question. So I think um, for me, life's about relationships and memories and events or, or things that happen, right? So there's things and we have in life and stuff, right? To me, for me as a person, I'm not too materialistic. So that, that isn't as important. So I don't really think about cars or boats or things like that. I really think about life and relationships. So and the ones that are important to me, if I were sitting here three years from now and we're having this conversation, it would be the quality of the relationships that I have in my life and how well I've done to um, enhance those and, and keep them where, where, where I, want, I want them to be. I think the coronavirus actually taught me a lot about that because we've been separated from friends and family uh, through this. And so to me, I judge, I judge my life by the kind of the quality of the relationships and the people that I have with the people who are dear to me in that. That would be how I'd look back. Let me go a little off script because you've got a scientific background when you're thinking through this. Um, the political charged nature of the country lately has, in some cases, I have a personal thing with a member of my family where it's been a very big divide. And how do you, and, I, and yet I still want a relationship with this person. And yet we are 180 degree different view of the world. How do you, set that aside because it seems like if you try to seek to understand i can't get it she can't get me how do you move forward you know if you're focused on that what is there any secrets you can share with anybody on the call uh, i wish i wish i had a secret i mean yeah those these are very politically charged times and it, it's interesting to me from a science perspective i'll, I'll give an example uh, mask wearing like i have no idea why that's a politically charged in, in issue there's certainly no downside to wearing a mask zero um, maybe a little inconvenience for an enormous amount of upside in, a, in the midst of a pandemic. So yeah. everything's become so politically charged that it's kind of, I mean, human beings um, are tribal, right? So for tens of thousands of years or hundreds of thousands of years, depending upon uh, your worldview, um, we've got together, sat around campfires, uh, shared food and told stories, right? And I think a lot of our tribalism is, is become more today because we don't necessarily coronavirus um, really extended it because 
we're not together, right? So the person that you're referencing there, like the more time you spend with someone, the more you realize they're just a human being like you are. But we, but with social media and some of the echo chambers we built in a lot around us, we've, we've started to create these walls of like these people, these people, right? Then anytime you say those people or these people, right? <laughs> yeah, right. You have to kind of slow. So, I mean, I think I think the answer to that is actually getting together and having honest conversations about why why people feel the way they do, and having it like one of the things I just don't see anymore in the rise of cable news is this uh, shown this is just having reasonable discussions, right? reasonable people can disagree right you and i can have alternate viewpoints on tons of things right but that doesn't necessarily we think that each other are bad right, right? it's or, almost like as a manager it's you're not a bad person it's the behavior that you right you know you carve out <laughs> and that nuance that we we're not able to uh, my belief is that in general in society we don't do that anymore we want people's beliefs with their values as people and i think that's terribly unfortunate and terribly short-sighted because Everyone that you interact with, you can learn something from. Um, I just don't understand. When people turn, shut the world down and narrow it down to only their worldview or echo, they just learn and lose, they lose so much context and what the flavor of life is. But yeah. so to answer your question, I think it's just spending time with people and having an open minds. Now, some people don't want to do that. They, and I don't, I don't know how you, I don't think you can open another person's mind. Um, maybe through kindness is probably the ultimate act of, of, of working through that. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the undercurrents that my goal for living a better story is to help share people's stories and, and show everybody that, you know, I don't care if you have a D behind your name an R behind your name an I or a, any other letter. We're all from the same place. We were all built and created. And, um, you know, let, let's all let's expose kind of how we got to where we are and share our stories with the world. So hopefully we'll, we'll see some uh, goodness come out of these podcasts. I hope so. Um, last question. What role does faith play in your journey if it does? So I grew up uh, in a very religious uh, Catholic family. I was an altar boy. I went to Catholic school. Uh, so early in my life, those values were instilled in me. Um, and so for the first 18 to 20 years of my life, that was kind of core part of who I was through my college experience. I, I kind of fell away from the faith in, in the traditional way. Now I still, I still have my beliefs and I still grounded in a lot of those kind of Christian fundamentals. I don't just don't practice it in a way that, uh, typical a Catholic might. So strong upbringing in that over time, I've, uh, kind of went on my own path, uh, with that. So uh, it's been a, it's been a journey for me for certain. So, but uh, the underpinnings of those of those have still echo within my the, my activities and, and my behaviors. Yeah, I, I think I, you know that's I, I'm hearing that quite a lot because uh, you know I'll be honest I don't I do not go to church every single Sunday. I tune in to a virtual Elevation Church or other other ones where I get certain sermons that I listen to, um, but I'm not going every single Sunday. Now, I am focused on creating a, a deeper relationship with the, 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 the man upstairs, so to speak. And, and I'm in the second half of life, I'm just intrigued to say, what happens if you can go deeper, but in a non-traditional way, right? Instead of bringing people to the church, how do you bring God to the people? Church is even a kind of a, a interesting word, right? And what religion has become. So 
I'm, I'm just following the path that's been put in front of me and going, all right, what, what do you want me to do? And that's why I'm here. So I appreciate your perspective on that. No worries. I certainly know my son about four weeks ago had a fire experience with fire, an oil fire, and he was cooking in the kitchen. It blew up in his face, second, third degree burns, face and hands. And in those times, what do you do, right? You, you just have to have the faith. Now it's four or five weeks later, he's nearly all healed. Uh, he's got one glove on his left hand and that's almost healed. And it's like, there were a couple times throughout that ordeal where we said, there's no way you see his nose. You're like, there's no way it's going to have reconstructive surgery and everything else. But we had the belief and it was, it was, there's no other description besides a miracle throughout that experience. So that's, that's good to hear. We're very happy with that outcome. Well, this has been really fabulous getting to know you, Tom. I think you're doing great work. If people want to reach you and they need to solve marketing problems, heilmangroup.com. Um, man, I think getting to know the leader and inside of the company is, is uh, important in today's world. And it seems that you've got the you know, great head on your shoulders. You like to solve marketing problems. So reach out heilmangroup.com if you uh, have any marketing challenges you're looking to solve. Thank you, Chad. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for being here, Tom. Living a Better Story podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.